I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. episode 193 of the Canto Bite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me tonight is nobody. Actually, I am doing a solo episode. I've only done one of these before, so I feel a little bit weird, but we've been off for a couple weeks, and we just wanted to put something out, so I thought I would hop on for a bit. So it's probably not going to be a very long episode, but we'll have some fun. Um... Yeah, sorry that we haven't been on, you know, Brittany's talked about starting a new job, so she was busy one week, and then I was on vacation, and now she is on vacation in Hawaii, so we just had a little bit of mismatched schedules. So I'm not going to get into any of the Star Wars rules really this week. I mean, obviously we have several episodes of Bad Batch to talk about, and the Visions trailer, and the Ronin book, and a bunch of other stuff, but we'll wait for that until Brittany is here and we can discuss it all properly. I thought it would be fun today just to do some recommendations of stuff I've been reading, so that's what I've been watching, um, some podcasts, just because I feel like I don't always get a chance to talk about books with people beyond Star Wars books, and it is something I really love doing. So... Sorry, yeah, this is going to be a really awkward episode. Don't like just talking to a microphone by myself. Feels very weird. I don't know how people do it. So, what I've been reading lately. Um, Chuck Wendig, who most of you will probably at least be vaguely familiar with as the author of the Aftermath trilogy of Star Wars books. Um has has a new book out that I was lucky enough to get an advanced copy of, and it's called The Book of Accidents. Um, I really loved it, but I want to—I just want to get into to Chuck Wendig in general for a bit. He is one of my very favorite authors. I'm not just saying that because he follows me on Twitter. He's just a really interesting writer who's written uh, a deep variety of books, if you only know him from Star Wars, I really encourage you to to dig into his original work. There's a lot of different places you can jump in at. He did a, I guess it's a YA trilogy 
called the Heartland Trilogy, which I'm not positive, but I think I think is the first of his books that I ever read. And what got me on that was the description of it being about murderous corn, which it is. It's also it's about a lot else, but it's it's a lot of fun. Those three books are good. Some really cool characters. A really a really interesting world in 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 blending some you know like technology and magic and where the line is there but it's 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 interesting and and does a lot of cool things i've never seen before like said bloodthirsty corn not something you see a lot so that's a good trilogy jumping on if you want something quick and fun although there's there's some serious stuff too and some and some tragedy and all sorts of things because that's that's something Wendig does in a lot of his things is kill people off brutally um the Miriam Black series is probably the work of his that has resonated with me the most and the books that I I just absolutely love Miriam Black is maybe one of my favorite fictional characters she when she touches somebody for the first time, she will see how they die. And shockingly enough, that, that fucks you up quite a bit to be able to see that. And she is just a fascinating character. The books are violent and fun and foul-mouthed and at times incredibly cruel to the leader to the reader uh i i don't i don't want to spoil too much but it does have a character death that maybe made me more angry than than any character death ever has i'm trying to think it's got to be up there at least i mean maybe a couple of deaths in song of ice and fire but i don't even those really touch it in terms of just absolute heartbreak but if you're looking for cool, violent adventure that will occasionally rip your heart out and stomp it into a million little pieces, check out the Marion Black books. He also did two books that are related. They happen kind of in the same universe, but they're, they're both standalone. And that is Zeros and Invasive which have a lot of techno-thriller aspects. Invasive also has many, 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 many swarms of killer insects. So if that is a fear of yours, that's either a book to avoid or a book to absolutely buy right away and devour, depending on how much you like to be uncomfortable and scared. Um, the other the big one he did recently was Wanderers, which is about a worldwide plague um so that was prescient um what happens is these people all over the world sort of go into a i mean it's almost a catatonic state but they're all walking and they're headed somewhere and it's just you know it's it seems to be random people all over the world and it follows the walkers and also the people around them 
And it's sort of, it's been compared a lot to Stephen King's The Stand, which, which you know, makes sense, a big plague, and you're following lots of diverse characters that eventually all converge together. Um, but it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff about, you know, like environmental stuff and little things. There is a right-wing radio host who sort of starts this political cult that is very intense and very scary. Um, The Wanderers was somebody bought the TV rights and I really hope it gets made and I really hope that one of the characters is played by Ben Mendelsohn, not just because Ben Mendelsohn is one of my favorite actors, but there's a character in the book who is uh, you know, sort of a, a washed up rock star who has a lot of, you know, substance abuse issues and is um, closeted and has a family he has abandoned. And it's just a, a fat, good person, always plays villains. And certainly he, he plays outright villains who you care something that Wendig is very good at writing. Uh, I think it's it's one of the reasons I like this character so much in Wanderers, but also it's what draws me to the Miriam Black books is how how damaged and broken Miriam is and how much you still love her and care about her. And, you know, it's it's characters who, even while you want to scream at them or strangle them, you want them you want them to do better and you want them to be better because you see that there's there is goodness in them not even that deep they are good people at heart but they're just caught in these cycles of self-destruction and that is definitely something that mendo has played um and in on together uh he he plays a musician so i know he can do the rock star thing and um, Mississippi Grind, which is which is a really underseen movie. I don't know if I want to say underrated because most people I hear talk about it actually seem to really like it. It's just not a lot of people talk about it. But he and Ryan Reynolds, and he is a gambling addict in that. And it is just this character who you just watch unable to escape his demons and it's just the cycles in which he hurts not only himself but those around him and and it's really it's a beautiful movie i'm sorry i'm I'm on on tangent now because what i wanted to talk about was was the new book and that is book of accidents which is um coming out and this month in a couple of weeks i think on the on the 27th but it's it's a horror novel. It follows a family, um, mother and father and their son, who move back to the father's childhood home in order to sort of give their son a new chance at life. Um, the kid is... empathetic but sort of like a like a super powered empathy that is also like his Achilles heel and that it is like just to the point of being utterly 
debilitating and and one of the opening scenes in the book is they're doing an active shooter drill at a school and he just like completely has a has a meltdown over it and so they moved to this town which the father grew up in um his father we learn was pretty extremely abusive and we follow him and his new job we follow the the artist mother who is whose art as she's here seems to be channeling something and getting away from her and the friend that the son makes who we quickly learn has uh, pretty fucked up ulterior motives and it's just it's a lot of fun it's really creepy and intense and it's got you know like evil spirits and murderers and alternate dimensions and it gets progressively crazier and crazier and there's definitely a lot of scenes i was reading at the edge of my seat like terrified of what was going to happen because again chuck wendig is not always uh avoiding killing off characters that you care about so deeply concerned but i gotta say beautiful book really loved it one thing i i really like about his books is they always they always have a lot of heart to them and not in not in cloying ways not in like very special episode ways just just you end up really caring about the people he writes about they are flawed and messy and damaged and beautiful so read anything by chuck wendig but be on the lookout for book of accidents because it's a lot of fun um the other there's another upcoming book i want to recommend it is a sequel so you gotta you gotta go back and read the first book that is by matt wallace another author who I just, I really, I just like his style, like the way he puts words together. Uh, previously, he wrote a series of novellas called the Saint Jour books, and they are following a, I guess, like a, a magical catering company or a catering company that, that caters to magical beings. They, they do things like cater dinners for warring demon clans and are given orders to do things like cook an angel and they don't want to do that um but they they we find out they're sort of conscripted by some sort of shadowy government agency and as the books progress that becomes more and more of a a developed theme as it's also just following whatever you know whatever the main event of the book they have to be happen to be catering is uh they're super fun you get lots of cool descriptions of bizarre and mystical and sometimes just like regular really good sounding food but again super fun characters and I like those but last year he i think it was last year it might have been the year before but he released a book called savage legion and it is it's an epic fantasy that somehow manages to both play around and break epic fantasy tropes while being respectful of epic fantasy tropes and having a lot of epic fantasy tropes because that's what epic fantasy is i mean no like i hate i hate using trope because people have a tendency i think to think see it as a synonym 
of cliche, which it definitely isn't. Just like these are the building blocks of this particular kind of story. And there's a reason for, there's a reason things become tropes. But anyway, um, the, the main thrust of it is um, we're following a woman who intentionally gets herself arrested and thrown into this I guess it's basically a, a conscripted slave army that is used by the 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 regular army as as cannon fodder for this war that's being fought, and she is she's doing this to to try to to rescue someone we find, and we're following her. We're also following uh, like back home in one of the cities this woman who is whose husband is missing who is trying to stop the political ruling elite from basically destroying her family's company um and we're following a girl who has who doesn't have these for legs who wakes up on a strange island of powerful inventors and then we just sort of watch those stories converge in fascinating ways. Some of them expected, some of them not. Uh, Matt is really good at world building. And also, it's just, it's a really diverse book with some great representation of, of characters we don't always see. Um, you get queer rep, we get non-binary rep and a disabled rep which i think is something that is often ignored in in fantasy books and he does a really good job of developing that character and and look her disability is part of her life but it's not you know the the only part of her life and this this stuff on the island is super cool uh, the whole book, though. Really like it. Anyway, the sequel is coming out, and that is called Savage Bounty. I have an advanced copy of it. I have not started it yet because I have 8 billion books to finish. It's it's the next one on my list. So um, I'll, I, I'm, I'll be tweeting about it after I read it, and I'll put up a review. But get on the first book. It is... It should have done better than it did. Like, I can't believe it's not a book that everyone is talking about. Because it was it was just so cool. It's such an, a new, interesting breath of fresh air in the genre, and I, it's something that like every every fantasy fan should be reading and talking about. And it's something that should have been. I want to like I hate saying this in some ways, like saying oh it should be made into a TV show because books can just be good books and they don't have to be made into TV shows in order to be big valid books that everybody is talking about but also i i think could make an awesome tv show or you know like limited series whatever the hell anyway so buy savage legion and then after you read that immediately actually don't even don't even read it first buy savage legion and pre-order the second book savage bounty you will not regret it love 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 them oh he also i know i know um i have Friends who are really into wrestling, he wrote a middle grade novel called Bump, 
which is following a, a girl who gets involved with um, with wrestling and as a way of coping with with her death of her father and it is one of my favorite um one of my favorite tropes in books is um found family stories and it's really it's beautiful about that and we're also like looking not only like the found family stuff with her wrestling family that she makes but also how wrestling affects the relationship with with her mother which is fraught both you know because of the death of her father and also because she's a kid and and kids have problems with their parents and getting involved in wrestling is something that that her mom's concerned of because she doesn't want to see her daughter get hurt and it's just you know like yes it's a middle grade novel buy it if you have young kids like you know like nine or ten like definitely get it for them but i i absolutely loved it as an adult with no children who has no interest in wrestling whatsoever it's it's beautiful and it's funny and it's sweet and it did make me cry but so buy that one as well the other one i read recently that i want to recommend is a total shift in tone and it is called empire of pain and it is about the sackler family which is a family that owns and ran the company that developed um oxycontin and repeatedly lied and hid evidence of how addictive it was and it follows like sort of the rise of the family in terms of it's it's the history of the founding of the company and all the wild succession style backstabbing and arguing that went on there it's very soap opera and then once all of that is established gets into the the oxy epidemic and it is a great book it is also an infuriating book because it is nonfiction, and therefore we see the way that they absolutely avoided any sort of real repercussions for knowing exactly what they were doing and knowing how destructive Oxycontin was. And it's it's just it's a maddening book, but really, really um, well researched and also really well written. Uh, the writer Patrick Raiden Keefe has a style of writing that's really engaging. Um, it, it, yes, it's nonfiction. It's never dry. It feels like reading a novel, except you have a really, really unsatisfying ending because the bad guys are not brought to justice in any way whatsoever, except their name gets taken off a couple of buildings. Um, previously, he wrote what might be my favorite nonfiction book ever um, that's called say nothing and it is about the ira and following the stories of families who um, had people disappeared and also following the lives of some of the people in the ira 
I really recommend it. I especially recommend the the audiobook. I'm not always an audiobook person, but the the narrator on this one is really good and it is a really even-handed account that doesn't let anybody on either side off easily. So, if you want to learn more about the troubles, I I recommend that. Um, there's also Empire Pain is interesting because it came out right along the same time as HBO put out a documentary on the opioid crisis, and I I haven't watched it yet because the book made me so mad that I was just like I can't I can't deal with any more of this story. But again. Super cool. Check it out. If you just if you just want to be really, really, really angry at our whole system of government, basically. So those are my book recs. Um Well, I managed to ramble for twenty odd minutes. I also wanted to talk about some podcasts. I'm not going to recommend any Star Wars podcasts because we talk about other Star Wars podcasts a bunch on here. And like, I mean, how many more times do I have to tell you to listen to the Geek Dudes? I love the Geek Dudes. But by now, if you're going to check them out, you probably have. You really should check them out, though. They're they're great guys. Um, so I wanted to talk about some ones that I didn't I didn't bring up before. Um, there's a bi-weekly podcast called Maintenance Phase. And every episode they talk about some element of the quote-unquote wellness industry um they've talked about um you know like they talk about dr oz they talk about about different fad diets they they just the newest episode that went up was about the keto diet which was really really interesting um i didn't i didn't know that the origins of that were in a diet that helps stop seizures and epileptic children and i also didn't know how friggin uh dangerous and unhealthy the diet can be in adults i sort of blew it off as a stupid fad diet like every other stupid fad diet but like really learning some of the the realities to the claims was was interesting and it's also really funny um I was sort of just uh, 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 really engaging and just their their shock and horror as they tell these stories, these stories is cool. And also, it just it's something a topic I'm really interested in. But you know, it's just every episode is is you know an hour and a half or so about some wellness bullshit related topic so you can dig around and, and find one that you're interested in, or i'd recommend just listening from the beginning it hasn't been around all that long so it's not a huge back catalog but it's cool i would also recommend a podcast i have talked about a few times on here it's my favorite one of my favorite movie podcasts we hate movies they are over 500 episodes now been around for over 10 years Super cool dudes. Yes, it is four white dudes sitting around talking about movies. But these aren't guys who are, you know, shitting on Captain Marvel because 
she's too woke or any of that. They're all very cool, progressive dudes. And lately they have made an effort of when they're having guests on to have to have women, to have people of color. And that is uh, that is really good. I think brought the show up a notch, a show that I already I really loved. But you know, if you want specific episode recommendations, you know, just shoot me a, a message on Twitter. But it's always really funny. The latest one was just on Iron Man Two. They they've they've you know they've done Mortal Kombat. They've done Super Mario Brothers. They've done you know like more recent stuff. Though do they they cover everything from like eighties action to treacly two thousand dramas. Um, love it to death. Really funny. Check it out. How many times can I say check it out this episode? I'm trying to think if there's any other podcasts that I really want to talk about, but those are the those are the those are the two that immediately leap to mind that are not Star Wars related. Because frankly, look again. You know, how many Star Wars episodes, how many Star Wars podcasts do you need? There's too many of them. Don't listen to them. Even this one. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is why I shouldn't be allowed to do a solo episode. Um Okay. Watching what I've been watching. I was at my brother's and his wife's house. And she recommended that I watch a show on Netflix called Workin' Moms. I'm a little put off by the title because it is working with, you know, an apostrophe, no G. Dry, I hate that shit. And this is one of those weird shows where suddenly you see something on, on Netflix or whatever and it's in the fifth season and you have never even heard of it before. But it's a, it's a Canadian sitcom. It, it follows a group of women who are in like a mommy and me type group together. And this is a show definitely not made for me. Don't have kids, not a working mom, but it is very funny. The diverse group of characters in terms of like what stages they're at in life and, and their kind of parenting. And we have the, the, the mother who is in PR and, and very, like really into her job and ready to get back into the office um we also follow a woman who you know has has a nine-year-old has a new baby and discovers that she's pregnant and this is something i think you don't see a lot in tv especially in comedy which is whether or not she's gonna have this kid and that's like, it's not done in a, oh, you know, like, Sunday afternoon, very special, like, episode thing it is. It's, it's a comedy that's still, it's, it's, it's sad and it's funny and it's sweet and it's, it's above all comedically handled and, and I liked it. Um, but that's, you know, that's in the first season. I have deep into season two now. Still really loving it. It's it's just it's funny. It's a good distraction. You know, you don't have to pay too much attention to a show. Um, I'm on it while I'm like playing Disney Mosey Blitz on my phone. 
but it's been it's been a good show for when I want to watch something, but I don't want to watch anything super heavy. Um, what else did I watch? When, oh, I was at my at my sister's. We watched um, a terrible horror movie called Separation, which is about a divorced couple where the uh, wife is killed and then their daughter is like seeing ghosts or shit. It's, oh my God, it was so fucking stupid. I really, really hated it. So if you happen to come across Separation, do not watch it. Uh, we also watched Fear Street 1994? Question mark. But it's the first of the Fear Street movies. I read a ton of the Fear Street books when I was like preteen, teen. I never I never really did much of Goosebumps. I went straight for the, you know, adult <laughs> Fear Street. At least, you know, when you're when you're twelve years old, that seems like the adult version of it. But this doesn't follow any of the books exactly. It's sort of a you know I mean, kind of as Castle Rock was to Stephen King. It's like, hey, we're doing some new stuff here, while still referencing some of the some of the classic Fear Street stories. It is probably about twenty minutes too long. I think in general, horror movies are better when they're shorter. You know, there's exceptions to that, but when you are a dumb campy horror movie shorter definitely is better and there's just parts of this that dragged a little bit um unfortunately the side characters are a lot more interesting than the main characters but there is a great 90s soundtrack if you were a 90s kid and if you're a fear street fan there's lots of of fun references and easter eggs if you've never seen fear street you you'll know that there's some stuff that's references that you're missing, but you don't you don't you don't need to know anything about it. You know, evil evil town. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and I'm I'm looking forward to the second movie because it'll be set in a summer camp, and I love me some summer camp slasher. We also watched the Tomorrow War, which I didn't hate as much as I thought I would, considering it looks like a really stupid, bombastic, cliched horror movie, I mean, sci-fi movie, and it's starring Chris Pratt, who I really can't stand, but it's it's dumb, and there's some uh, actual plot holes, not like fandom plot holes, but like really just some some plot things that do not hold up to any light of day and do do not make sense at all. That's what happens when you deal with time travel and are not willing or able to interrogate what the time travel entails too much. So you just sort of hand wave everything. But the aliens are super cool looking. It's not great, but... There are worse ways to spend a couple hours. Oh, and um, No Sudden Move, the new Sonberg movie on I don't know, H- yeah, HBO Max. I-, I lose track of where anything is on um, streaming now. It's too hard. But yeah, that's on HBO Max. Uh, it's maybe up itself a little bit. My brother and his wife both hated it. I I enjoyed it, but I like 
talky talk crime movies and this is definitely a talky talk crime movie and the cast is fucking awesome i mean i love don Cheadle, love benicio del toro uh, matt damon shows up in there it's just cool it's fun it's not in the most brilliant movie of all time but it's something i'll probably turn on from time to time and it's got you know m- maybe one twist too many in terms of who's fucking over whom in the crime dramaness but it's also funny and i don't know i enjoyed it okay but again brother and and his wife just fucking loathed it so your mileage may vary um i think that is about it oh i solicited for questions and i didn't really get any but i did get one from chris fresh of the aforementioned geek dudes and he asked me, will I be watching Master of the Universe Revelations and what have I thought of the trailers? So I was not a Master of the Universe He-Man kid. I, I, I just, I was, I was slightly too young, you know, like five years age difference is not particularly big, but at childhood, that is sort of the pop culture delineations are drawn pretty pretty starkly there of, of whether you watched a show or not. So I am coming at this as somebody who has no attachment to it whatsoever. I'm probably gonna check it out. I've I've liked the trailer. I'm I'm not really into action cartoons in general. I mean I watched I watched The Bad Batch because I like Star Wars and I, I've been drawn into that, but even as a kid, I preferred things like DuckTales and Chippendale Rescue Rangers to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Thundercats or any of that. Well, you know, just a, the voice cast is great. Gotta love Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Uh, Griffin Newman from uh, The Tick. and from the, from the Amazon version of The Tick, he played Arthur and he hosts one of the best movie podcasts around blank check he is voicing orco a role he heavenly heavily campaigned for and i like i like how how much he wanted it and i'm so happy that he got it but i think i think the animation is cool looking i think it'll be fun i'll I'll check out an episode or two i'm not going to promise that i stick with it because again i don't i don't have any attachment for this and maybe it'll bore me to tears but i'll at least give it a chance because frankly i mean what else am i gonna do there's there's only so many times that i can rewatch the sopranos or rewatch ted lasso actually there's not only so many times i can rewatch ted lasso i can rewatch that a billion times and season two is just it's so close just the end of this month and i'm so ready for it um oh being of sopranos mini saints of newark trailer <laughs> fuck knows <laughs> like maybe maybe it'll be really good uh, i don't i don't know I, I can't imagine it's like too terrible it's all going to depend on whether uh james gandolfini's kid can actually act or not and from the trailer cannot tell but i'm looking forward to via formiga as olivia soprano um we know she can do super fucked up cold mom really well even though i hated base motel and Corey Stoll as Uncle June. That's cool. Love that guy. He was great in that 
show that can't be named now because fucking Kevin Spacey's in it. Um, there's something else that I wanted to say. Oh, as of recording this, the first episode of the new Gossip Girl is out on HBO Max. I have not seen it yet. Even if I had, obviously I gotta wait until Brittany is back, until we talk about that. Ah, my main concern over that show is that it's not going to be trashy enough. Because an interview came out with the, with the makers of it and talking about how, you know, these characters are very privileged, but they're, they're aware of their privilege and they still, they care about, you know, the greater community. And (laughs) look, that's, that's absolutely good on a good show. But if you are a bad show, I would rather just straight up trashy privileged characters who do not know they are privileged than really bad attempts at them acknowledging that privilege. But we'll see. Maybe it'll be fun. So I've been going 40 minutes, which is about twice as long as I expected to. If you manage to stay with me this long, God bless you. Um, I hope I hope you picked up, you know, some stuff to read. Our stuff to listen to, our stuff to watch. I am. I love recommending things, especially books. If you ever want book recommendations, I I mostly do you know quote unquote genre stuff, so sci fi, fantasy. I also read a lot of like you know like Gone Girl type domestic thrillers just because I can get through those, and in about a day. And even if they're bad, they're they're they can be fun. Or sometimes I just like being really angry at a badly written book. But you can always reach out to me for recommendations on anything. Tweet at me. At EFLind. That's at E-F-L-I-N-D. Um, other than that, follow the show. Twitter and Instagram. At CantabitePod. Rate interview us on Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you listen to the show. Thank you for listening. Next episode, Brittany will be back. You will not just have to listen to me ramble and go way off topic. Not not, not that there was like a topic. I just, you know, I get, it's easy to get caught up when you're just talking to yourself. So better that I leave now and just say thank you for listening. And I will talk to y'all soon. Bye. Ghetto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a ghetto bitch. Brittany the Jinch and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, ghetto bitch number one.
some folks may want to bang in a refresher. Asajj, Ventress, and Kylo Ren, yo, we'll have Tarkin, and of course, Mendo. Send a shout to the Porgs and a Rustin Brown, and Emily's dad straight putting it down. Every week, my girls be getting it done. I should know I've been down since day one.